Hello everyone, I'm your host Toko and it's my podcast service for that. Welcome, welcome back. As you can tell by the title, we're going to be talking about how to preach the gospel and what they can look like in a, in a specific way and in the context of you before actually preaching the gospel. And I kind of wanted to talk about it because I was listening to Jackie and Preston Hill and Perry on the 30 minutes with the Perrys, I really, really recommend that podcast. I just can't get enough of them together and how they bounce off of each other's energy. And just, even though like sometimes it can go on a tangent, it all comes to like a conclusive point. I just love it. It's just a certain level of nuance. It just blows my mind and helps me learn a lot more about the gospel through their experiences and stuff like that. So yeah, I just genuinely recommend it. I'm going to link it in the show notes so please make sure to check it out but yeah i just wanted to kind of preach about something that they spoke about and what i've been hearing a lot this week especially when it comes to battling sin i want to say this as well like i don't know if anybody else can relate to this but i want to say just in case you're not perfect you know you're not perfect and you don't have to be in order to preach the gospel the whole part of the whole reason why i left my podcast because i'm like oh okay i'm dealing with this sin i can't be on here preaching the gospel and living a double life that is very valid however it really consumed me to the point where even when i was trying to make my comeback i'm like oh well you know now i genuinely have to never slip up again and i'm not saying this in the sense of like grazing over sin or not taking sin seriously because sin is genuinely separation from god and to be separated from god is actually death not just a physical death but a spiritual death and an eternal death in hell unfortunately but i wanted to say it in terms of taking yourself too seriously because that is kind of a trait of selfishness like and just being overly self-conscious and um i would i wouldn't say narcissistic but just self-centered you know just like oh my sin my this my that and it's like it takes away from the image of god like as negative as it is it's still a form of selfishness that takes away from the focus which is jesus christ and the gospel so i say this to say that like when we're preaching the gospel even before we actually preach the gospel which is like you private ministry i think aside from what i'm about to talk about it's important to not take yourself too seriously and like um be self-centered to the point where your mission your mission as disciple of christ to go out and spread the word overrides i mean is overshadowed by your own sin you know and yeah i think Repent, obviously, and deal with it and dip it in the bud. However, don't let it hinder your ministry. You know, it's a very nuanced topic, I feel like. I'm going to talk about it because I'm not going to lean too much into one section because imagine if we had the same mindset for preachers. Like, oh, just a really random example. Oh, this preacher, even though he's living in habitual... um fornication he can still preach the gospel and be a preacher or a pastor um 
that's a whole different topic and i think paul kind of talks about a lot in if i'm not mistaken um the first and or second corinthians but yeah i'm not gonna lean too deep into like oh yeah don't take yourself too seriously versus oh yeah take the word very seriously it's just a very nuanced topic and i'm gonna talk about it in another episode i'm really working on but yeah i just wanted to preface that before getting into this and the verse i'm reading from that um talks about this is first samuel 15 verse 22 and i've been really into samuel these days because i'm just so interested in drawing parallels between david and Jesus and like how that works and I'm really into Samuel now and I'm learning a lot and the context of this is basically Saul does something that goes against God's instruction and then God consequently rejects Saul and Saul of the Old Testament by the way if you're not familiar with that and this is what Samuel tells Saul he says in verse 22 but Samuel replied what is more pleasing to the Lord your burnt sacrifices and offerings or your obedience to his voice. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering of offering the fat of rams. So I think I wanted to just use that as an example to kind of preach about or not preach, I'm not a preacher, just kind of talk about how your private ministry and what you do before you're actually going out there and actually preaching the gospel or presenting yourself in front of people of the world is important. And I think part of that is rooted in this example of obedience being better than sacrifice. And I think to kind of explain what that means further is just saying that, for example, you taking away from whatever sin that you're doing or whatever um thing that's keeping away from god doesn't necessarily cure you you know in a way that's efficient as um actually obeying god would be that makes sense like you just saying i'm gonna avoid this instead of saying i'm gonna actually obey god doesn't really help i've tried it personally especially when you're trying to not live a double life where publicly speaking you're a bible believing christian and stuff like that and then privately you're living like the world that is basically what double-minded being a double-minded person is um i'm i'm talking about when you're trying to live out of that lifestyle can i get trying to get out of that lifestyle being obedient to god and being pulling yourself closer to God as opposed to pulling away pulling yourself away from sin isn't help is helpful and i think when we really think about it it puts sin at the forefront of your relationship with your ministry you know like it puts your sin Kind of like what I was talking about. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Kind of like what I was talking about earlier about how if you're too focused on your sin, you're going to miss the gospel and kind of shy away from actually preaching it because you're so concerned about how your heart posture is and like 
not necessarily a hard posture, but like your sin, your status with your sin is. And I'm talking about the con- that in the context of your private life and how you can transfer what you know in your private life over to your public ministry. And when I say public ministry, it's not necessarily anything that's just like going up on stage and preaching or singing in front of thousands of people. No, I'm talking about however you present yourself to the people in your life. That is your public ministry. Like not everybody's going to be a preacher, a gospel recording artist, a podcast host, a um, songwriter. Some of us are going to, most of us are going to be regular, regular people, but we still have a responsibility to use what we know from God and know of God in order to reach people. That is your ministry. And I just wanted to clarify that because I would definitely want someone to explain that. But yeah, coming back to what I was talking about, when we decide to pull away from sin and focus on God, we are giving our sin or our religious reaction to sin our back and giving our attention and devotion to God because devotion is a deep-rooted love, a deep-rooted love that is rooted in, like, service. And I was in one of my Christian um, WhatsApp group chats and someone asked about what, what love is and I kind of explained it in the context of service and it's going to make sense a little bit. Let's just let me cook y'all. Um, so I spoke about how Jesus showed us love through giving us, um, giving us himself, obviously, but also serving the people that were in his life, the people that he actually came into contact with and actually meaning it. Because think about it, after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, right? In our human nature, how many of us would actually cook breakfast for our disciples? You know, how many of us would actually go up to the guy that denounced us three times and be like, hey, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. How many of us would do that? That is a deep-rooted love that is centered in service. Because had Jesus not cooked for the disciples and met them where they were, he wouldn't have been able to reach Peter, I was going to call him Simon, reach Peter and actually give him instructions. And I kind of want to use that to say that let's not get so enthralled in shouting at people and attacking them and shoving scriptures on their throats. Let's actually meet them where they're at. And just to think about the entire mindset that was going in the disciples' head at the time, like in the disciples' heads at the time, pardon me, they had lost their leader, someone that they'd been following, not their leader, their rabbi, someone that they, that they, that they had been following for um, three years. And he died on a cross, you know, maybe with a bit of doubt there, like, hey, he said he's going to rise up from the dead. Where is he? And they went back to regular jobs because, you know, most of us, after we experience something from God and, you know, we stop, quote-unquote, experiencing things, we go back to our earthly things. And that's exactly what they did too. And what did Jesus do? In classic Jesus fashion, he still met them where they were and he served them. And throughout Jesus' life, 
here we in the his public ministry we see he served people sometimes his service looked like preaching preaching to them but most of the time he was sitting with people that would were considered like social outcasts he was you know meeting with women which was like a big no no and you know those things stick out to me just as much as him preaching at people and i say this to say that like when we claim to love god and love and how we know that we love someone we will have a heart of service that comes along with it and what does that mean for us in our public in our private ministry it means that when we are trying to come out of a double-minded lifestyle and trying to live righteously all over we have to turn to god and show that we love him and what did jesus say about loving him we will obey his commandments and obedience is a part of service and that's exactly what Samuel was touching on when he spoke to Saul and said obedience is better than sacrifice obeying god is a humble posture of saying i'm at your service what do you mean you to do give me the give me the go ahead give me the instruction i'm going to do it versus sacrifice sacrifice is so impersonal it's like okay i'm going to just do this i'm just going to you know do this regular overdone thing that you know has been told for me to do by so many other people we've all done this before it's a religious type of mindset and obviously sacrifices are still needed and still relevant i'm not completely negating them but throughout the story of the gospel jesus samuel all these other great men paul i mean saul in the new testament they showed us what service looked like and it was rooted in love for god So I say this to say that when we are trying to articulate our obedience to God it has to be at the service of God that's why we should see ourselves as humble servants of God yes the other titles of being a child of God and image bearer of Christ those are still very valid um titles that we have as Christians but we should also see ourselves especially when we're trying to get over that minded lifestyle as children of I mean as servants of God Jesus gave an example when he was preaching to people through parables he gave an example about how a master goes away and he gives the servants like three servants different talents and he gives one th- three mistaken he gives them like different portions of talents and when he comes back he says what did you guys do and he before he left he gave him instructions to say you know you know take care of these things and the first two completely with complete reverence and obedience to their master did what they were told to do and the last one just did nothing and he just you know let it just he just put it on the ground basically and he got punished for that because he didn't follow instruction and obviously there's another connotation of you know productivity in the faith to that but for the sake of this i want to focus on obedience and even another example where he talks about same example of servants sticking with the idea of servants he talks about how there was a servant who did not 
want to stick to the ways of the master and started to live, be proud and, you know, beat other servants and stuff like that. When the master came back, he punished that, that servant. And both of these examples goes to show what what kind of mindset are we trying to what what kind of mindset will we adapt when we're not actively doing religious things because if we decide to go the route of legalism for example and we say okay regardless of whether or not i feel god's presence right i'm going to do all these religious things in order for me to feel God's presence. And I think the problem with that is because is that we are relying on our personal feelings and a certain type of like strict view of God to drive our obedience to him versus actually just loving him and actually just wanting to wanting to serve him and to be more practical think about it this way if you say you like a you have a friend right and this friend of yours you love them dearly right and you kind of have a discussion with this friend they're like oh yeah i really do need um support right now and a b c d i just really need this wouldn't you go out of your way to make them feel better about the situation or support them? That is a form of of being at service to your friend. You wouldn't just say, okay, I'm, I'm going to get away from this friend and I'm going to drop a whole timetable for that friend and Google phrases of um, support and just throw, throw them at their throw them at their face or take screenshots and just send them all, all these 57 screenshots and just send them to them. You'd actually want to go and be with them and talk with them and see how they receive what you're saying. And the same thing applies in our faith. When we are trying to get out of a sacrificial mindset and a mindset of religious living and legalism, we need to realize that the opposite is far much more effective and we have a deeper understanding of God's love for us when we decide to obey him and in some ways being obedient is a sacrifice so you kind of get the best of both worlds if I can say it that way like when you're deciding to be obedient to God it can be a sacrifice like if God tells you hey I don't want you to spend that much time on TikTok today. You know, I think we should limit, put a screen time on that. Me, <laughs> me saying, okay, Lord, I want to obey you. That is sacrificing my social media addiction in order to obey God. So I say this to say that sometimes sacrifice can be a complete one-sided view of God versus obedience is the full view of God and that's just a really light example of what obedience can look like and obedience can even sometimes even be completely quote-unquote beneficial to you especially immediately beneficial to you and you know that's a whole deeper topic but I just wanted to say that like obedience is 
so multifaceted, multifaceted, I beg your pardon, and nuanced that there's a lot more to it than we realize. And yeah, I think I see this, I see all of this to say that when we are trying to come out of a double-minded lifestyle, I think our deep reverent love for God, whether we feel the goosebumps or um, get like a gush of wind passed by us uh, or not, we should, that love for him should transcend our physical attitudes towards him. You know, it should really be a little bit more elevated our views of him because we're not just relying on our physical understanding we're relying on trusting in him in the sense of knowing that whatever he's asking me to do in us in the act of obedience to him is going to it's not going to harm me it's going to be for my good and you know that verse being for good the second part of that talks about for those who love God and accord according to his purpose. So it's not just, oh, it's going to be work out for your good. And that's where a lot of, I think, the world leaves it at. Like, yeah, it's going to be for your good because it's appealing to our selfish desire. There's actually more. It's like for those who love God. What does love look like? Like I said, it means obeying the will of the Father. That's what Jesus literally said. And obedience is better than sacrifice. It's so interesting how the Bible just you know, is so cyclical. And the second, the other part of that is, um, why did I forget it now? Oh, he talks about how it's also for those who also obey the will of the Father. So I think realizing that verse and realizing what that verse means and looking at it deeper and looking for Jesus in that verse, as um, Jackie kind of touched on the podcast that I mentioned earlier, is important you know because although it can make us feel like yes it's not going to be bad it won't always feel good to obey god especially when you're trying to live for him it won't always feel good trust me i know that i know that but it really does in the end whether we live to see it or we see it immediately or whether we don't it will live it will be for our good because God's level of good is comparatively different from our version of good. What we see as good is sometimes rooted in selfish desire and sin. And God's good is rooted in righteousness according to his law. And, you know, thinking about our good and what that means for us, it means that it won't always appeal to our standard of good and it won't always be good like for example if you have um entered some sort of relationship because you know that even though you love them it's not healthy to continue to either support toxic behavior or um let that person trample all over you and then apologize and continue the the cycle of being toxic i guess if you have ended a relationship because of that you would know that it doesn't feel good immediately you know oh okay yeah being 
being heartbroken now isn't fun, but I know it was the good thing. That's the same concept that obedience and especially things working out for our good looks like from God's perspective. It won't always feel good. Like if you, if you kind of felt like what I highlighted in that example, you know that it doesn't feel good, but in the end you grow from it and you learn something from it. And sometimes it can even help you heal from something else. I'm not saying always, but genuinely life is not always going to be good and it's not always going to go our way as we all know but the encouraging thing is that we are not meant to do it alone and God's standard of good is infinitely better than ours so yeah I think just to kind of conclude now and just you know wrap things up I just wanted to kind of talk on that because it's something that that really has been kind of spoken to my life a lot this week and just these past I think past two weeks like I've been seeing a lot of content on it content on it I listened to a podcast on it and I think how we do our ministry privately and how we prepare for public ministry is so much more important than just throwing scripture at someone's face and um screaming repent 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 like I remember watching a YouTuber that is known for his, um, like, street preaching and stuff like that. And I wouldn't really say street preaching. I would just say, like, street yelling. And it's not me condemning him. I'm just being completely honest because I think preaching comes with the posture of humility and letting, letting yourself be suppressed or being at this being second or even fourth and letting the trinity take over and be first and it's even more important when you're dealing with people that don't believe in the order of christianity and i mean they're not sitting in a congregation they're not just writing things on the scripture uh, on their bible or writing stuff that they see on the jumbotron not jumbotron projector um when you're dealing with people who don't have that type of ordinance it's a little bit more important to let the trinity lead and part of that deals with being humble you know and this guy was just so like i think he was very knowledgeable about scripture because sometimes he'd open up his um his videos and say yeah i'm gonna lead with the scripture and it's like yeah okay cool and then sometimes he gets it right and he meets people where they're at but i remember this particular episode i was like "Mm, okay that wasn't that wasn't really good it was just him throwing scriptures at people and not acknowledging why they believe in the things that they believe in and i'm using this example to say that when we meet people where they are our background is very important and just the art of pe- meeting people there and people being into like being a people's person, not a people pleaser because people pleasing is a form of ignoring God's strict law and what He has outlined in order to appeal to people. But just 
being a people person, a Christian people person, just kind of like Jesus. Jesus never backpedaled on his ministry in order to, you know, co-sign the Pharisees' messages and stuff like that. He always preached or lived life, basically, knowing the gospel and knowing and keeping in mind the strict word of God. Because the word of God is not a joke. It is not a joke. We should not, you know, twist it around or um, preach about it in the way that appeals to people. We should just preach the gospel. And I think, sticking with that guy's example, I think, yes, he knew the word. Especially, I feel like maybe, I'm not judging, but like, I feel like maybe as he got more attention and stuff like that, it was like, okay, I'm going to you know, up the ante, and I think maybe when when we don't do things, like, entirely for the gospel of God, we can kind of just, like, miss the mark, and that's when I think the spirit just, like, isn't really being consulted, or isn't really taking center stage. That's just me. But, yeah, I think... I'm using that example again to say that our, basically charity begins at home, if you don't know that saying, it basically is to say that how we go and meet with people begins with how we meet with God in this case and how we meet the people in our immediate lives. So yeah, I think be genuinely careful with the way in which you interact with God privately because that will affect how you are perceived by people and how you might preach to people or do your public ministry. So yeah, that is like my last point that I have on this. I feel like the Spirit has said what he needed to say. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. I wanted to say, please, after this, spend individual time with god please it is important to read your bible pray and yeah i love you and most importantly the lord loves you bye as you may or may not know christians are being persecuted in other countries on a daily basis so i believe it's up to us christians fellow believers in christ to support them either financially or spiritually so would you please 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 click the link in my bio under persecuted christians support them financially and join me in prayer either five minutes two minutes a day just to pray for them and pray for their strength and their courage to continue worshiping god and to continue following jesus thank you